In order to truly become part of the global business environment, your business needs to constantly change and adapt to a variety of new constants. Welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders with Kimberly J. Lewis. We will help you navigate these changes on today's program and help you think beyond the boundaries. The opportunities are limitless if you are prepared. Now, here is your host, Kimberly J. Lewis. Hello, and welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders. I'm Kimberly Lewis. And for today's recording, I'm staying right here home in Prague, and my guest will be calling in from New York. So good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you may be listening from today. Welcome back to our returning listeners. And if you are new, let me tell you what this series is about. Leadership Beyond Borders is about the impact globalization is having on our organizations and what this impact is doing to the kind of leadership we need to drive long-term success in today's economy. In this series, we've talked about everything from business issues such as artificial intelligence and data protection regulations to leadership issues such as gender balance, generational management, and business values that may impact your organization or your individual career. So please download this series on iTunes. In this series, you can listen to great advice, leadership success stories that you can learn from, stories that motivate you, stories that can stimulate new ideas and possibly even be the key to your success. I invite you to connect with me. Send me your thoughts and insights for Leadership Beyond Borders at gmail.com. Connect with me on my website, leadershipbeyondborders.net. Tell me what you want to hear about. I'd love to hear from you, so please drop me a mail. Now, if you're in a leadership position or aspire to be in one, regardless if your business is international or local, make sure you join us each week, and we will make sure you take away something useful, either for your business or yourself. Now, on to what we're going to talk about today. Now, I've done some reading, and I read that the new megatrend shaping the future of marketing is the notion of purpose. High-performing marketing leaders say that they've become more focused on purposeful-driven marketing because both businesses and consumers are demanding this. And as marketing becomes more purposeful, with increased focus on customer experience, engagement, right-time marketing instead of real-time marketing, technology changes such as programmatic and AI, it takes visionary leadership to make this all happen. And visionary leaders are builders, working with imagination, insight, and boldness. A visionary leader presents a challenge that calls forth the best in their people and brings them together around a shared sense of purpose. Visionary leaders work with the power of intentionality and alignment with a higher purpose. They energize and inspire people to work towards the future And they're able to clearly and vividly communicate what the future holds. And in marketing, this is especially important. And today we're going to talk to a visionary leader in the area of marketing and advertising. Liz Walton is the vice president of marketing at Yext, where she leads demand generation and marketing operations globally. Serving on the leadership team, she has helped grow Yext from a 75-person startup to a publicly traded global organization with more than 1,000 employees. During her tenure with the company, she has led it to such awards such as Inc. 5000 in 2015, 16, and 17, to Forbes' most promising companies in 2014 and 15 and Fortune's Best Places to Work in 2014, 15, 16, and 17. Prior to Yex, she was at Stamped, which was acquired by Yahoo in 2012. Liz graduated from Northwestern University with a degree in classics and economics and lives in New York City. She was also named to Forbes 2018 30 Under 30 in marketing and advertising and DMN 2017 and 18, 40 under 40 marketing leaders. So we're really, really lucky and grateful to have Liz join us today. Welcome, Liz. 
Thank you, Kimberly. It's a pleasure to be here. And you make me sound very accomplished. <laughs> well, you are. Okay. It's so great. Uh, it, it, it's so exciting to have you. Um, so, Liz, let's just start out a little bit. Um, tell us a little bit about Yex to start with. Yeah, okay. sure. Uh, so we are a SaaS company. We're based in New York City, uh, and we help businesses manage all the public facts about their location. So, you know, if you as a consumer are traveling and you really want, you know, a McDonald's hamburger, you can search McDonald's into any service, your favorite service, Google Maps, Siri, Alexa, whatever it is, um, and we return the correct results. So McDonald's can manage information like hours or menu items, whatever it is, in our platform. Then they can make changes instantly, and it gets updated anywhere. Uh, so it's 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 one of these awesome companies that is uh, behind the scenes, but incredibly impactful in every consumer's life. Um, and we aim to partner with all the emerging technology. So wherever you are looking for local information, we are there. Wow. So so you're you're the person who kind of scans the world, gets it together, so I, as the user and consumer, can find what I want to find. Effectively, the businesses are actually. Uh, working with us to make sure their information mm-hmm. is correct because we really believe that you know the businesses are the ones who first know the correct information but also are incentivized to get it right because mm-hmm. that's what consumers expect that's what they demand in a mobile world you know people making decisions on the go so we work with over um, over I can't remember the, the count today but at least over a million businesses around the world uh, wow. to manage all of their public facts and digital knowledge wow that's impressive and you run the marketing and advertising. You're vice president of marketing and advertising. So uh, talk to me a little bit about that. Was that always your passion, marketing and advertising, or did you just happen to fall into it? How did that come about? It's a it's a funny thing. I actually, I don't identify as being a, a marketer. I know that sounds kind of <laughs> counterintuitive because that's what I do every day and that's what you know my function is. But what I'm actually really attracted to and have always been is, um, is entrepreneurship and growth. Uh, actually, it's in my blood. My grandfather was a professional inventor and my my father is an entrepreneur and had a tech company now has a manufacturing company so to me that's just sort of what people have done and what what I uh have always found really interesting is the effect that marketing and advertising has on a company's growth. So that's actually really the lens through which I view my work and my my sort of passion is entrepreneurship first, marketing second. Um, it's pretty incredible what good marketing can do to a company's trajectory, what it can do for recruiting, for morale, for for everything. Um, and I think it's a it's a really fun and highly dynamic field. I liked your intro where you were saying how how the field is evolving. Um, and, and to me, that's what makes this a really fun thing. We're not doing the same playbook that we did years ago. Um, so to answer your question, how did I get into it? I actually, I studied classics in school, so not, not at all <laughs> related to what I do now. Um, but I had some internships in PR and I actually joined a big PR firm in New York right out of college where I learned big traditional marketing. We were working with big brands like Hanes and Weight Watchers, Degree Men, um, and I realized that I, I sort of thought the, the big marketing um, programs were a little bit outdated and I was much more attracted to that entrepreneurial approach. So I joined a very small startup uh, that was seven people and we were acquired by Yahoo in 2012. And so one of our investors in that company introduced me to Yext and, uh, and I've been here for the past six years. Well, you certainly picked the right company when you talk about growth, and um, you were you were you started with the X as one of the uh, the original team, and you've you've grown. I mean, in a time when startups, I mean, if you look at the statistics for startups, seventy five percent of the startups fail, but Yext has really made a footprint. Um, and so you've really been with them as they grow. what what do, was the most the biggest challenge you saw as you were mm. you were growing up with? Next. Well, I'm, I'm going to answer that question, but I want to answer um, one, one that I thought you were going to ask, which was about why did I choose Yext? What, what did I see? Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. Um, because I think that's, that's, they go hand in hand. Um, when I was looking, when my company was acquired and I was, I was looking for where I should go next, that the VC actually introduced me to about a dozen companies. And it's pretty amazing what you feel, what you see when you walk into these places. You can tell pretty immediately who has, you know, who, who, where the energy is electric. You can tell where um, there's a vision and people are excited about it. You can tell where people actually believe in the leadership. Uh, and I just remember walking into Yext immediately. I mean, I just, I truly, I was sitting in the lobby and I was like, I want to work here. You can, you can, I could tell just immediately. Um, 
And so what I think has, has allowed us to be successful over the past, I mean, since we started, but, but at least since I've joined from what I've seen, honestly, it's, I think there's a few things. First is putting the customer first. We're always really focused on what is going to be the customer experience. Is this the right decision for a customer and ultimately the end consumer in this case? Um, but also our leadership, Howard and Brian, our co-founders, had really big vision and really big ambition from the start. This was never a short-term project. This was something that they set the the, the goal really high, um, and that that oriented us. I think it gave us grit in some ways because we knew where we wanted to get, and we knew it would take a long time to get there. Um, so when there were you know weekly challenges, we could we could move past that. I think sometimes when entrepreneurs are so focused on surviving the next six months. Um, that's actually where if that's if that's just what your your viewpoint is, it's it's hard to succeed because it, you need to be you need to be inspiring for a much longer timeline, a much more ambitious goal. Yeah, and and as part of this team, that must have been really exciting as a part of this team as you you know started to grow. And um, what was probably one of the most exciting moments that you had as the team started to grow? It's so hard. It's so hard. I feel like there are different. Um, exciting moments at different stages. I almost it's it's almost like every year we're a new company and every year every year I have a new role. It's a really a, a fun part of my job, but challenging in its own right. I mean, mm-hmm. the IPO is an obvious answer where it just right. there's something very special about that and the ceremony of it. Uh, it, it actually, I should uh, to be more specific, the day that we filed our S one, which is what you do when you basically you're publicly telling the world that you're going to go public. <laughs> um, yeah. So not the actual listing day. That day was very special to me. I just, I remember actually, so we, we, you can do a press release. It's, it's the most boring press release you've ever done. It's written by the lawyers, but you can do a press release announcing your S1. And we, we issued it. And I remember like, stalking Twitter just to see who would, who would see it, you know, would it get retweeted? And I remember I saw there was this reporter who's influential who saw it and tweeted, and then it just went viral. And it was just, it was one of those really special moments where it's like, oh, the world now knows us. Um, that was a very cool thing. And, 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 you know, other, other big moments have been anytime there's a really big project that we're all working on. So our, you know, the first time we did our annual conference, that was a Herculean effort and it was, it paid off and it was just an incredible moment. Um, those are, those are the moments that are transformational and those are the moments that really stand out to me. Yeah. And I have to say, I was at your annual conference last week um, in New York and what a great job and what a great team. Oh, thank you. Compliments to everything. And then um, we're going to, we're going to take a break in a minute, but before we do that, I just, I have another personal question about this. Sure. You, you were named to do Forbes 30 under 30 and then again, uh, 40 under 40 in marketing. How did you feel about that? I think it's really nice to get the external validation that I'm on the right path. I work really hard and I um, am pretty myopically focused on on Yext and, and the work that we're doing. So it's nice to see uh, that that reflected back at me. Um, but in some ways, it just makes me want to do more. I mean, this is like, you know, 30 under 30 is cool. I don't know, 50 under 50 seems cooler. <laughs> so, so, you know, this is I'm just getting started. Yeah, good. I mean, a great accomplishment and uh, compliments and um, really as an example for a lot of young people out there. Um, I, I've seen your work, Liz, and, and it's great. And we're going to talk a little bit about your work when we get back. We're going to take a short pause. And when we come back, I'd, I'd really like to get your insights about marketing and where the future of marketing is going. Okay. Excellent. And so, For our listeners, we are speaking with Liz Walton. She's the Vice President of Marketing at Yex, where she leads demand generation and marketing operations globally. She's on the the leadership team and was on the original leadership team when the company was a 75-person startup to a publicly traded global organization with more than 1,000 employees today. She was named to Forbes 2018 30 Under 30 in Marketing and Advertising and DMN 2017-18 40 Under 40 Marketing Leaders. So if you want to reach out to Liz, please do. Liz is on Twitter at Liz Walton, and she's on LinkedIn at Elizabeth Walton. And also, please explore 
the Yext website at www.yext.com. And I'm Kimberly Lewis, CEO and leadership business expert. You can contact me with questions and comments at leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com or join our LinkedIn group at Leadership Beyond Borders or go to my website, leadershipbeyondborders.net. And with that, we're going to take a short break and then we'll be right back. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Bob Pritchard has over 30 years of experience as a straight-talking business consultant and author working with some of the top Fortune 500 companies. Now he's come to the Voice America Business Channel to help you and your business. Tune in to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show for information about starting and successfully running a profitable business. From the movers and shakers to great marketing screw-ups, you can't afford to miss a single edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CTN CIO Talk Network, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experience with listeners as they discuss with Sunjog All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive, better care for customers, and improve the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CTN CIO Talk Network with Sunjog All at CIO Talk Network. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite hosts. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. are listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. Do you have a question or comment about our show? Please send an email to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Again, that's leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. Welcome back to Leadership Beyond Borders. And today we're talking with Liz Walton. She's the Vice President of Marketing at Yext, where she leads demand generation and marketing operations globally. She serves on the leadership team, and she has helped grow the company from a 75-person startup to a publicly traded global organization with more than 1,000 employees. Liz was also named to Forbes 2018, 30 Under 30 in Marketing and Advertising, and DMN 2017 and 18 for 40 Under 40 for Marketing Leaders. So before the break, Liz, um, welcome back. And um, it's just really, again, so great to have you. And before the break, we talked a little bit about your journey uh, in Yext and and your accomplishments so far. Um, I'd like to talk a little bit about your role as VP of Marketing now. Great. And Okay. So now you deal with all kinds of businesses, from small SMBs to large enterprise customers. How, how do you get the right marketing message across to such different market segments? Yeah, I think this is honestly the hardest challenge that we have. Some businesses, uh, you know, they're focused on one persona, one type of, of person, and their whole business is to, to reach that person in the language and the, and the ways that they want. Um, we have the benefit of being able to, to, to work with and sell to lots of different types of people. But from a marketing perspective, that's hard. Um, so that is probably the, the biggest thing that we have to work on. Um, the ways that we do it, though, I mean, a lot of it is, is testing and experimentation. We're, um, we're creating a culture, and we have a culture of, of testing and optimization. So everything should be measurable and should have um, an intended result. Uh, that way we can, we can actually add some rigor to how we, how we approach this. Um, but you know, Yex has its roots in small business. So we, we 
sort of found our initial product market fit there and had something that was working, which which was really the foundation for us. And then when we started focusing on enterprise. What's nice about enterprise is it's so relationship based. Mm-hmm. So you can see in real time, you know, what's working and what's not. Uh, with with small business, it's a volume game. So it's really, you know, you look at the data and you make decisions. So it's really about how do we Honestly, it's really how do we appropriately segment? Like, what are the right ways to segment? Because a CMO at a at a mid market business is very different than a CMO at an enterprise, even though their title is the same. Or maybe you know that CM that mid market CMO in food is different than in healthcare. So it's 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 really what are the right segments? How do we um, test the messages? How do we know what's working? And how do we continue to refine it? Because even the message, as I said, our roots are in small business, that small business message has needed to evolve. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so how do we how do we do that with some rigor? I, honestly, it's, it's the hardest thing we do. So, so you're dealing when 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 I hear you, you're dealing first of all, of course, on the 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 vertical markets, okay, and then also the horizontal. So, when as you said, when enterprise health is much different than food. So, when you go about doing some of these tests, um, how how do you do that? Okay, um, yeah, just a little yeah. bit for our listeners. Okay. Yeah, sure. On the small business side, where it's where it's high volume, you can really do A/B tests. So we can, you know, let's say we have an email, we want to we want to check, um, like let's say subject line uh, opens or like how many people open the email. Um, we'll test different subject lines. We'll have different messages. We'll see, you know, does does fear, uncertainty, and doubt marketing work better with these people, or does um, ROI marketing work better? That you know, we can we can kind of go from there. Um, Similarly, you can do that with digital. So, you know, different landing pages, different advertisements, that kind of thing. And, and again, that, that all works with high volume, but really A-B tests are the way to do it there. When you go up market, a lot of it is working directly with the salespeople who are having the conversations with customers, but then also talking to customers. I know it's a novel concept, um, <laughs> but, but actually, so one thing that we do a lot of are customer stories. So those benefit our sales process. They, they also allow us to learn. So we can actually have that conversation with our customers to say, well, what, what's working? What are your biggest problems? What are the things that keep you up at night? That kind of stuff. And that is incredibly helpful for us. Um, and we also have a customer advisory board that gives us the same access and the same sort of effect. Uh, so that, I mean, really talking to the customer is the most effective way. Um, and then looking at the data to see what's working. Mm-hmm. And and when you're talking to the customers, Liz, even with the customers in these different segments, you 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 need to have different conversations. Okay, um, you know the conversation between the enterprise might be different than SMB. Uh, how do you manage that? Yeah, so uh, a lot of it is we, we're really tightly connected with sales, uh, mm-hmm. and so we need to arm our salespeople to have different conversations at different levels. So again, at the SMB level, so small business. Um, we we generate almost all of uh, inbound leads are what generate almost all of the, the the revenue for small business. So it's really dependent on on us, um, and the data can can be the sort of guiding light there. When you go up market a little bit more, it's well, what is the sales cycle for a mid market business? It's a lot shorter. There's fewer people involved in the decision. Okay, based on that. What are the touch points we need to to uh, to get something across the line? And then similarly for enterprise, right now there's a committee of people, and it's going to take 18 months. So what do we need to do? How do we make sure that some of this is automated? That's a big piece. Um, mm-hmm. And and then other stuff is more account based. Uh, mm-hmm. So marketing automation is is important in all segments, um, but account based marketing. We've been named a, a account strategy for enterprise and up, um, and so that allows us to do that account based marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I mean, that it's just, it sounds everything is so complicated when you're working with so many different segments. But I want to jump on one thing you said, which I thought was really important, and that's the cooperation between sales and marketing. Because yeah. a lot of times you see in companies, you know, sales goes one way, marketing goes the other way. They don't talk to each other. How, how do you manage that? You know, it's, it's, it's interesting. We have a slightly progressive way of handling it. So I actually have dual reporting into marketing and sales. Mm-hmm. So um, one of my managers, I guess, is uh, responsible for the um, for the small business and mid-market sales team, which means that he cares very much about the leads we're getting uh, and wants to make sure that the, the demand engine works properly. So 
that's honestly, I think one of the big keys for us is they have a, they're very invested in seeing this work. And so making, like I sit on, on that revenue leadership team. So I know what problems they're dealing. I can be reactive. Um, that is a really important, I think kind of sophisticated way of looking at it. The other thing that we're, we're actually currently doing is, um, looking at, 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 you know, what takes a lead, um, from the initial contact to, uh, an opportunity, what are the touches? So multi-touch attribution, but looking at that across sales and marketing. Mm-hmm. So if a sales rep sends an email or they, or, you know, they, we can look at all the different factors that affect uh, acceleration or deal size or whatever it is and, um, and compare them. So we're not just looking at marketing. I think mm-hmm. Having data and having um, consistent ways of tracking and like a centralized place, so Salesforce in our case, makes all this possible. Mm-hmm. And that and that's bringing it together. And I want to I want to just throw in one other department because um, I, I've seen I mean, you have some new products you just launched. Um, um, so you're an extremely innovative company. I, I saw the the X Brain last week as it was presented um, in New York. Uh, amazing product, absolutely amazing. And so now you're in sales and marketing. You bring those together, and you have new products and innovation. How do you bring that all together under one roof? Yeah, I, I think again, it's it's about everybody working together, and that's one of the fun things about a high growth company is we we all have to rely on each other. So yeah. we uh, the strategy product strategy group, um, we have really tight integration with. In fact, product marketing lives in in the product strategy group. So. Mm-hmm. Um, that means that they're totally aligned with what's, with sort of the innovation engine. And then um, we're really focused on how do we communicate that out? Um, I think the other piece that you mentioned, though, is how do we actually connect that with the sales team? And, and, and that yeah. changes as, as we get bigger and, you know, as we add different regions and, and different and it depends on the product and all that kind of stuff. But um, I think that is the challenge. That's you, you yeah. totally nailed like what that that is the hardest part about the whole um, engine working together. And so a, a lot of it is based on strong leadership, communication, uh, planning, and not, you know, not the fun stuff, but mm-hmm. meetings, <laughs> all that stuff and, and training and all that is, is critical to making it work. And it's just, there, you know, no details too small if you want to, if you want to have the fine precision that we want. Yeah, and then it comes back to the devil is in the details, isn't it? it? Is. So, because uh, I don't yeah. want it to be. <laughs> <laughs> um, let, let me come back to the customer for a minute, okay? Um, because customers today are are demanding. I mean, I know that as as a consumer, I'm more demanding today. Um, as a business, I want better ROI today. Um, how how do you get get this personalized? To the, to the customer level and, mm-hmm. and ensure that I'm happy with my ROI. Mm. How, well, how do you deal with that? Yeah. So one thing for us is actually ROI is not the primary metric that we necessarily talk about because this is not a performance product. In some ways, this is a brand decision. It's also an efficiency product. Uh, so there are lots of different ways that we look at at you know, what return the customer is getting. Some of it's measurable. Some of it is not. Um but that's also where we've built out a lot of our analytics tools to help customers self-serve some of this stuff. So we have templates that are pre-built. So, you know, you log in and you can you can show your boss uh, the, the metrics that we see as the most important. But you can also customize it to show the ones that are relevant for your business specifically. Mm-hmm. And And as you do that, this kind of falls into a little bit the, you know, I'm a customer, I've become a customer, and then I want to stay a customer. And do you have a strategy on continuous customer contact? Okay, because it's not just about the sale and what happens up front. It's it's keeping me there. What are, what are you looking yeah. at in that area? Our customers are everything, and and one of the reasons that we invest so much in R and D and innovation is so we can continually offer more to our customers. Um, so what's nice is that's just our DNA. Uh, we want to be talking to our customers and bringing them new things, and we want we want them to use our products. So it's in our interest to help them learn how to do that. Um, so 
that that is something that was just baked in from from day one. And I think any good SaaS company uh, uh, knows that, and and the ones that make it have that. Um, it depends on the channel, though, what that looks like. So again, on the lower end, some of that's automated, right? We have we have nurture emails um, or onboarding emails or whatever it is that help introduce this stuff. We have webinars rather than one-to-one meetings, that kind of stuff. Uh, and then all the way up to the biggest enterprises, that's where it's a little bit more white glove. Mm-hmm. And can you actually get that in this in this continuous customer contact? After the fact, can you actually get that personalized? I mean, I I actually kind of like it. Um, I fly Lufthansa a lot, and I actually like it when they send me my birthday card every year. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Even though even though I'm a number of thousands of thousands, Mm -hmm. I kind of feel special. Okay, Mm -hmm. are are you able with so many customers to get down to that kind of level? You know, that's a good trick. Actually, maybe we should start doing that. Uh, (laughs) uh, It all depends on the data, really. So I would love to be able to do that but then I need to know well who are the right people that I should be sending this to do we have the appropriate birthday because if you do it wrong it's worse than not doing it at all yes exactly (laughs) Um, so I think a lot of it is it's the future and uh, to the degree we have reliable data we should be taking advantage I think there are levels where it's creepy right where it's like you log on to a you know you go to someone's website and they say hey Liz how's it going in New York and you're like "Mm." (laughs) Well, <laughs> um, I think that there are are ways to do it effectively. That, um, as you said, build the relationship. Even if even if you know it's automated, it it means something. Um, but that's where sort of a lot of the account based marketing comes in. So we do have better data on the accounts. You know, if the sales cycle takes a year and a half, we have good data. If the sales cycle takes five days, we probably don't. Um, right. But, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a good question, actually. And so it depends on what do we prioritize. If, if that birthday card is, a, is something we want to do, then we have to make sure we have the right birthday. And, and then we make that a mandate. I actually kind of like the idea. <laughs> it's kind of fun. <laughs> um, and, and this was all, I mean, uh, just um, we're going to take another break. But a quick question before we take a break is, uh, so this is you talk about data and you talk about automation. And, mm-hmm. and AI is playing such a big role in marketing today. Um, what's your feelings around the role it plays today as to the, compared to the role it might play in the future? I think we're we're in early days with AI, and and we have to figure out what does it mean. Is it um, is it something that's going to help us be more efficient? Is it something that's going to help us, you know, understand the data better, which is what I'm hoping for? Um, is it going to replace jobs? I I don't know, um, but I am excited about where it's going. I think I think sort of what we were saying though, it all depends on the data it has. Because you can't do good AI, you can't really do any any good analysis if you don't have strong data. Um, I, I'm excited to see what people experiment with over the next couple of years. I'm sure we'll see some wacky things, but you learn from that. And, and so there'll be some slower adopters. Um, I, I hope we're somewhere in the middle. Mm-hmm, great. Okay, with that, we're gonna, um, Liz, we're going to take another short break. And for our listeners, we're speaking with Liz Walton, the Vice President of Marketing at Yext, where she leads demand generation and marketing operations globally. She's served on the leadership team and is serving on the leadership team at Yext. And she's helped the company grow from a 75-person startup to a publicly traded global organization with more than 1,000 employees. Liz was also named to Forbes 2018 30 Under 30 in Marketing and Advertising and DMN 2017 and 18 40 Under 40 marketing leaders. If you want to reach out to Liz, you can reach out to her on Twitter at Liz Walton and on LinkedIn at Elizabeth Walton. And also please go to the website of Yext at www.yext.com and check out Yext. It's a great company. Now we've Liz, when we come back, I wanna I want to go a little bit more into your leadership again, okay, and talk about that after the break. And for our listeners, you can reach out to me, Kimberly Lewis, at leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com, or join our LinkedIn group at Leadership Beyond Borders, or go to my website, leadershipbeyondborders.net. And with that, we'll be right back. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. 
Are you a business innovator or are you just sitting on the sidelines? Tune in every week for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Host Bonnie D. Graham talks to a cross-section of the movers and shakers who are leading by example. They will share best practices and innovative ideas to keep you thinking and moving along with the best. Join us for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP, Wednesday mornings at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. If you are interested in the business of rental equipment, be sure to check out Rental Equip Talk Radio with host Donald Charbonnet. We talk to some of the top names in the rental industry, as well as cover topics that include safety, training, fleet management, legal issues, and more. We'll also cover the history and future of the rental equipment industry. Rental Equip Talk Radio can be heard live every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. Do you have a question or comment about our show? Please send an email to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Again, that's leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. Welcome back to Leadership Beyond Borders, and today we are talking with Liz Walton, the Vice President of Marketing at Yext, where she leads demand generation and marketing operations globally for Yext. She was named to Forbes 2018 30 Under 30 in Marketing and Advertising and DMN 2017 and 18 40 Under 40 Marketing Leaders. Now, um, Liz, before you know, before the break, we we talked about your visions and and your operations on marketing and where marketing might be going in the future. And I'd like I'd like to come back and 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 talk about leadership and and you a little bit um, uh, and what your thoughts on leadership are. So you lead a team and a company, and when you lead them into the future, what do you think today are the most valuable leadership qualities? for leaders to be successful today? Yeah, I think I think that there are some really specific qualities to today and especially to high growth companies. Um, so, you know, the big thing that separates a manager from a leader is vision. That's what people get excited about. That's what people follow. If you're a manager, you know, you're enforcing someone's tasks and how they're managing their time. I don't really care about that. If they want help, I'm happy to help. But for me, it's, you know, how can I give people something to to run towards to get excited about, to spend the next 18 months on. Um, I think that's a really important thing as a leader. Uh, and it's kind of a fun thing, right? You get to think about the future and where we should go and and sort of set the stage for that. Um, at a high growth company, things are just changing all the time. So it's really important um, to be able to continually communicate that to the team. So this, the second thing I think is that's most important um, is actually is communication. And I know that sounds obvious. Um, but I think specifically it's, it's communication and adjusting your communication style or approach. So the other person receives the message you intend, which means, you know, you don't send an email and check I'm done because that might not be the way that that audience or that person needs you to communicate. So that, that is a really challenging thing to master. And particularly as the world's communication methods change, um, I think it becomes, uh, it's, it's a dynamic skill that you have to continue to evolve. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that's a really important thing. And then, I mean, you know, empathy, interpersonal skills, all that's really important. But for high growth companies specifically, I found this, this concept of collective leadership. So at high growth companies, you know, especially if you think about for me, when I first joined Yex, I wasn't necessarily in charge of a team when I first joined, um, but I cared about the company succeeding. Therefore, I went out of my way to help other people and, and make them the best version of themselves. Uh, so so that is that is something I, I hope that more people outside of just high growth companies adopt. But this concept of 
collective leadership. We're all working together towards a goal and, you know, rising tides lift all boats. So if Yex succeeds, therefore I succeed and everyone else does too. Uh, it really uh, helps you approach your work in a different way. And it's much more satisfying and fulfilling. And it also, you know, makes it a marathon, not a sprint. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's really three fantastic points that uh, I see a lot um, um, with some of the leaders that I talk to. And I, I, let me talk about vision for a moment mm-hmm. because you, you and high growth. OK, mm-hmm. how as you grow, how do you ensure that you can get this vision out mm-hmm. and, and then people follow the vision? I think that that's the secret. You know, why do some startups succeed and some don't? I think that's a huge piece of it. Um, some of it that, you know, even if you don't believe it, <laughs> trick yourself into believing, fake it till you make it kind of thing. Um, some of it is just, you know, say it a dozen times and, and to different people and see how people respond and tweak you know, your message accordingly. You're not going to get it right the first time. Um, also, people aren't going to hear it the first time. You really do have to repeat yourself three times for people to, to hear you um, or remember it. So I think the the vision is the X factor, but it's it's the thing. So you should look at the market. You know, what what are the factors? What's the new technology? What are the, what are the what's the data saying? And that can help you make an informed um, I guess vision, um, and, and then a lot of it is how you how you communicate it. So, do you is it something you do formally? Is it something that you do you know in a chat to somebody? Probably not. So that goes back to the communication piece of it. Um, I think the 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 idea of, the, of what the vision is, as well as how you communicate it, uh, mm-hmm. is just as important. Mm-hmm. And that that's really important. Also, as as a uh, picking up on what you just said, the vision and the communication, because now you're global. Okay, you're in charge of the 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 global organization and for for marketing and advertising. So you have the vision. You're trying to communicate it, and you're trying to communicate that globally now. Um, what are the dynamics behind that? You know, as you change, as you shift from from a you know company that was primarily focused in the states to a company that's global now how do you work with that a shift you know it's something that uh, both happens overnight and happens slowly so anytime we enter a new market there's kind of a checklist of of things that we know we have to do um but then you figure out how each market is is unique right yeah. uh, so things that might not uh, on the surface seem obviously different uh, become clear. So language, you know, obviously, uh, I'm sorry, we have the, the New York City state bird, the, the siren outside my window. <laughs> um, uh, you know, language is something that you know is going to be different, but even just things like, you know, how do you address emails in certain countries? Do you do it to, you know, Mrs. or do you do it to the person's first name? There's some subtle, and that's a very small example, um, but there's cultural things. There's all sorts of, of uh, nuances. And I honestly think that's that's some of the most fun part of this. Uh, again, it goes to communication, though. I mean, that's, that's what I spend most of my time doing. Because e- even if I'm like, oh, I've trained the MIA team on, on what our next announcement is, um, maybe I haven't. Or maybe they don't know what questions to ask. And so over-communicating, building relationships, all that stuff is really important. Getting in market, really important. Um, but I think it's, it makes us better because we get we get more input on from our customers and prospects on what our products should be. Um, we get you know more stories to tell. We get more momentum. It's 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 a real privilege to to have this you know global expansion. Mm-hmm. And and as you as you're global and what what I think is the most exciting about global companies if if when they do it correctly is that you're you're dealing with such a diverse um, empl- you know group of employees and so as a leader. How do you how do you foster diversity? Okay, um, how do you get the most out of this combination as a leader to to mo- help move the company forward? How do you get the most out of just your employees, the diverse yeah. the diverse environment? I think I think it's a cultural thing. So if, if you know if headquarters is saying this is how we do it and this is what you need to do, it won't work. I think the benefit that we have of, of being global is that diversity. So it's really how do we pull their views and their perspectives and their talents into um, the plan and don't make it an afterthought. 
Mm-hmm. I think it, it's a it's a subtlety, um, but I think you know being global first, not U.S. first, then international, uh, is the way that we all need to think. And some mm-hmm. of that is also you know moving people physically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know we we have video conferencing and that's really effective, but sometimes maybe you know at least a, a simple example is onboarding, like. You know, if you start in Japan, you should probably spend two weeks in New York just to understand who you're talking to and um, build relationships and under and you know have IT nearby. So if you have questions, that kind of thing uh, goes a long way. Um, but similarly, we actually we move talent among offices too, especially you know when we're in a new market. It's actually nice to have people from who were in headquarters go there because they can bring that culture and and some of the you know special sauce uh, with them. Yeah. No, that's that's perfect. Understood. Um, because it is, when, when you foster diversity, you can also get better innovation yeah. and um, bring it together. So a, a, as a leader, though, in a high growth company, you're dealing with constant change. Is there is there any way you as a leader specifically approach change? Um, I, I thrive in it. I think if, mm-hmm. if you do not like change, you do not you will not succeed in a high growth company. Like that is the only constant here. Um, having a new job every nine months, basically, just by the nature of, of our growth uh, is thrilling for me, but uh, it's hard. I mean, there's definitely growing pains. The things that you built, you have to tear down and rebuild. That's not always easy. The things that worked a year ago don't work anymore. Um, they're new people all the time and, and that, you know, either prove yourself or build new relationships or whatever. Like it's, it's hard, um, but what could be more fun? You know, mm-hmm. building something, having it grow, having other people understand your vision and want to contribute to it. That's that's special. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so how do I how do I navigate it? I think some of it is I've been here long enough that I know what our cycles are. So I know when the change is going to happen. Um, you know, end of summer is kind of a quieter time. This time of year is a busy time. That kind of thing helps. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but also just being the, I'm always the first to raise my hand to take on something new. And I think that has allowed me to thrive and grow. Uh, if I was, if I were doing the same thing today as I was six years ago, one, I'd be bored out of my mind, but I would also have failed. That's, that's not the way to, to, to succeed and grow in a company like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, you know, change it. I mean, globally technology, we're changing all the time. So, so to embrace it is, is really, really positive. And I see that as a leadership quality that is absolutely necessary today. And, and let me ask you an, a question as a leader. Okay. Um, actually two questions. So what, what do you think the most rewarding part of being a leader is? And what do you think the most challenging part is? Yeah, I think the way I approach leadership is through, especially, I guess, management specifically, is my team's success is their success. My goal is to make them successful, but their failures are my failures because it means I didn't do what I needed to do or didn't communicate what I needed to communicate, whatever it is, to get them there. Um, so it's it's really rewarding when, you know, we have an idea, we have a vision, and I can rally the troops and, and we can figure out a plan to execute against it, and then it happens. I mean, you can see people's careers develop and grow and change, and um, there's nothing more satisfying, I think, for them, but also for me. Uh, so I think I, I love, um, you know, having, having there being a vision and then figuring out how to bring it to life. I'm, I'm a real operator and executor, so um, doing and, and then seeing it happen is, is the most fun thing for me. Um, and what's the biggest challenge? Um, I think with high growth, there's there can be a lot of ambiguity. I think there can be also, you know, some acceleration in, in some careers or some, you know, career paths and, and less acceleration in others. And that can be a really challenging thing to explain. You know, we don't always have set career paths. And so how do I, how do I tell somebody that? Mm-hmm. Um, that that's hard, um, but I, I I've signed up for that, and so that is something I've taken on, and, and know that that um, is part of the job. Yeah, and I'm sh- I'm sure you will do a great job with that. And um, Liz, as as we're getting to the end, we have a we have a lot of young ambitious leaders out there, and if you had maybe one or two tips for the aspiring leaders out there, um, what would that be? Yeah. This may be slightly more career advice than than leadership advice, but I think it's really important to know what you want. If you know what you want, don't stop at anything 
to get it. That might mean, you know, you, you take, you raise your hand for a project that's unrelated to what you do so you can develop a skill. Um, have a long-term approach to what your goals are. If you don't know where you want to go, it's, it's really hard to make progress. Um, so I think that's, that's the most important thing. Um, and then, you know, when you do find a place that you, that wants to foster you and you have found sort of like a home, if you will, um, be loyal to the company and, and always do what's right for the company. Uh, and that's how you win. That's how you get rewarded. Um, and no, it doesn't always come out. It might not appear that way, but in the long run, it really, it really happens. And it's true. Um, and then in terms of, of leadership, I think, Again, for people who are coming up, it's not always about managing a team. That isn't, that's not what makes you a leader. That makes you a manager. There's a difference. Leaders are people who um, others want to follow. And that can be your peer, you know. Um, so, you know, get in there, get your hands dirty, but, but be the one who, who says thank you when someone helps them or who just simply ask about their weekend. You know, build those interpersonal relationships and you'll find that those are the people who then will, will jump when you have a, you know, something you need help with or an idea that you want to explore. Um, having a long-term view is really important. Well, the great insights to end the show with, Liz. And um, once again, thank you so much for being with us. It's been really, really insightful. And for our listeners, we've been speaking with Liz Walton. She's the Vice President of Marketing at Yext, where she leads demand generation and marketing operations globally. She has served and is serving on the leadership team, and she helped grow the company from a 75-person startup to a publicly traded global organization with more than 1,000 employees. Liz was also named to Forbes 2018, 30 Under 30 in Marketing and Advertising, and DMN 2017 and 18, 40 Under 40 Marketing Leaders. If you'd like to reach out to Liz, you can reach out to her on Twitter at Liz Walton, on LinkedIn at Elizabeth Walton, and please check out the website for Yext at www.yext.com. So once again, Liz, thank you. Thank you so much. It's been such an inspiration thank having you. you on the show. And yes, and to our listeners, um, it's always you know I'm I was excited about this interview. It's so great to hear success stories, and Liz is certainly an inspiration to all of us, and especially to the young leaders. But also, as Liz says, it takes a lot of work and drive. This means maybe finding a mentor, investing in your own development, in order to help follow your dream. We at Leadership Beyond Borders is a program sponsored by Global Business Therapy and the Women's Leadership Academy 2020. We do executive coaching for women, leadership training, systemic team coaching certification, and motivational speaking and more. If you'd like to contact me, your host, Kimberly Lewis, please send me a mail at leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com or visit my website, leadershipbeyondborders.net. Listen to us every Tuesday at 3 p.m. specific time on the business channel on Voice America or download us on Google Play and iTunes. And until next week, thank you very much for listening. And once again, thank you, Liz. Thank you for joining us on Leadership Beyond Borders. Please tune in again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time for another edition featuring your host, Kimberly J. Lewis, on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.